0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. Along with the ever-changing definition, nature, and purpose of computers, the continual evolution toward higher computing power, cheaper processors, faster communication networks, and rapidly increasing global connectivity has enabled the shift from desktops to laptops to mobile phones, and now everyday connected objects called Internet of Things. When almost any physical device, object, or thing can now be internet enabled and linked it to additional computing power and analytic capabilities that make it smart, it creates limitless potential and possibilities for nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, in short, referred to as NGIOA. Due to this potential, billions of physical devices are expected to join the global digital network in the coming years. As a result, there is a growing excitement that the Internet of Things will bring nations the next industrial revolution because of the way it will change the way we, the people, will live, work, entertain, shop, and travel, as well as how each NGIOA, that means nations, government, industries, organizations, and academia, will interact with each other within and across nations. This brings a number of opportunities as well as risk for each and every NGIOA. Now, of all the technology trends that are taking place right now, the IoT brings, that means Internet of Things, IoT brings the most complex challenges for which perhaps no nation is prepared for. While the Internet of Things has great promise, the governance, regulatory, business, policy, operational and technical challenges must be tackled before these systems are widely embraced. Now is the time for decision makers across NGIOA to structure their thoughts about the potential impact, opportunities, and risks that are likely to emerge from the Internet of Things. Nations that adopt a agency attitude toward the IoT are unlikely to develop the expertise they need to manage the critical security risk brought on by the Internet of Things. These undoubtedly will have a huge impact to not only those nations and each of its components, but each and every one of us. Now to discuss the security risk of Internet of Things, I'm honored to welcome Oleg Lobino to Risk Roundup. Oleg is the chair IEEE internet initiative at IEEE based in United States. Welcome Oleg, we are delighted to have you on Risk Roundup.
1: It is my pleasure to
0: join. Wonderful Oleg, so let me uh, ask you this question that there's a widespread, widespread concern that IoT brings many security challenges. Now the diverse state of technological advancement and implementation across nations complicates attempts for a harmonious evolutionary journey of a digital global age. Now, if each nation, its government industries, organizations and academia do not start analyzing the strategic implications of the Internet of Things today, They not only risk being left behind, making it more difficult to not only progress and develop, but also efficiently manage the security risk in this rapidly shifting digital global reality. Now, an executive with strong IoT security experience, what are your thoughts on the current state of IoT understanding and security risk management framework planning and implementation across nations? Well, first of
1: all, I would like to remind Everyone that a new technology, any new technology, always brings with itself uh, potential risks and some natural fear because we're human beings, right? We always fear something that is unknown. Probably, if you rewind back to the beginning of, uh, let's say, 1900 something, when uh, motor vehicles becoming to be a part of what we perceive to be a normal transportation and started to replace horse carriages, there were tremendous concerns. Uh What to the human body when a vehicle moves above as an example 40 miles an hour so yes you know, that type of issues always uh, enter our mind and we're always skeptical and sometimes fearful of new technologies I would like to sound a little bit optimistic here because in my opinion IOT has a potential to bring actually a lot of positive things to the market and in some cases increase safety and security and how? Well, first of all, transparency. If we increase transparency of our operations, if more information, more knowledge becomes available to us, well, we will become essentially safer. Our environment will become safer. As an example, look at the applications where some companies started to use devices similar to Fitbit or fitness trackers to monitor pulse rate and blood pressure of workers engaged, as example, in operation of heavy machinery or an oil well, it's possible to detect somebody who is fatigued, it's possible to detect somebody who may not be feeling quite well on any given day and warns that somebody or supervisor of a shift to essentially avoid using this person for a task that may lead to the injury.
0: Yes, that is very true and you are absolutely right that with each new idea, new innovation, there is always you know, some sort of fear and pushback because there is not much understanding and awareness about it, but at the same time, if we do not manage the security risk well, then you know it, it does, the probability and chances of it getting adapted and accepted across nations decreases. So we want to make sure that we discuss each and every risk that is out there, and we create awareness that there are, you know, steps that can be taken to manage those securities that comes, you know, with any new technology, with any new idea. So despite the transformative opportunities of IoT, there are many independent and interdependent security risks that must be contended with by each and every component of a nation, that is government industries, organizations, and academia. Now, it is said that any device that can connect to internet has an embedded operating system deployed in its firmware. Because embedded operating systems are often not designed with security as a primary consideration, there are serious security vulnerabilities present in almost all of them. So how can the security risk of vulnerable operating systems be effectively managed?
1: Well, I think, and once again, I'll probably sound somewhat optimistic, but I think important to remember is that we're mixing sometimes apples and oranges. When we talk about connected devices that were produced in somebody's kitchen, and somebody's garage and put on, as an example, a Kickstarter or some other online platform for people to buy, in some cases you will find devices that have absolutely no awareness of what safety, security and so forth are. But at the same time, if we look at the activities that are undertaken in the industrial space, you will notice that a lot of companies are working together in a very consolidated, very concerted effort to develop a security framework that provides end-to-end coverage, that provides safety and functional safety, and many, many things that need to be implemented in that type of environment the activities of Industrial Internet Consortium and IEEE P2413 Architectural Framework for Internet of Things Working Group which collaborate quite closely together. Quadruple Trust is one of the very important elements of an architectural framework that covers safety, security, privacy and other concerns that need to be addressed as we go forward into this market. So I think The comforting point that I would like to leave with everybody is that the industry is very much aware of what needs to be done. And we are aware of the benefits of cross-domain interaction, but we're also aware of the risks that cross-domain interaction brings with it, which means information now flows into a lot more directions than it used to be before. that's true, but also it gives you a lot more ability to protect and prevent from disasters. So, you know, it's pros and cons, and I believe that we will be able to turn the dial in such ways that the pros of the deployment of IIT will outweigh greatly all of the dangers and risks that we'll be facing. And as I said, a comforting thought is the fact that organizations organization that leading companies in this field already have gotten together and started working in this direction quite a while back. So I think it's fair to say that industry is very much
0: aware of that. That is good to know that the industry is aware of this. Now, the small size and limited processing power of many connected devices or Internet of Things could inhibit encryption and also other security measures. Now, some connected devices are low cost and they're essentially disposable. Now, if a vulnerability, security vulnerability is discovered in any of those devices which are easily disposable, it may be difficult to update a software or even apply a patch or even to get news, news of that there is a need for a fix or there is a uh, patch available to consumers. So these raises critical securities, how will the industry manage the risk of you know, this kind of disposable IoT devices?
1: Well, I think your question assumes a certain architecture. Right And architecture that you just assumed is when you have an absolutely flat world in each, each device is connected to interway, Internet without any kind of intermediate aggregation points, any kind of DMZ type of imp- implementations. That's not actually true. If you look as an example, it's a factory floor. You'll probably realize that lightweight devices, like you mentioned, will be connected through the DMZ to some kind of centralized hub that will aggregate this data and it will expose it further to the cloud. That's one of the possible approaches that have been working quite successfully. And by the way, that also fuses very well with the brownfield uh, concern that needs to be addressed. What I mean by that is IoT will not replace instantaneously, all of the deployed networks and all of the deployed sensors. In many cases, it will have to aggregate with already existing, already operating technologies. And in those cases, we also may have technologies deployed, as an example, in a SCADA networks or some other monitoring networks that don't have security built into it. So potentially a gateway or hub or some other communication umbrella in that fog would need to be implemented to essentially proxy all of those devices. But those are just architectural approaches. And as I said, if you do proper network planning, if you do proper architecture of your solution, that type of risks can be greatly minimized if not eliminated completely.
0: I'm glad to know that. And I hope that everyone does proper planning about it. That is the key here. That if an effective planning uh, planning is uh, executed, then you know there are a lot of securities that we can minimize or you know mitigate. So that is good to know that uh, about the role. Now it seems that there are too many unstandardized devices that are being used, and there are a lot of there is a lot of uh, fragmentation in how these devices are designed and operated. There are some who say that IOT hardware is and will remain a problem because of lack of standards and common security framework that we see across nations. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, maybe if you can give me a specific example, we'll try to address it and try to analyze it. Because I would not make a blanket statement like that. Because I see devices that have been deployed in the industry are based on standards. And I see industrial implementers of IIT being quite aware of the need of interoperability and standardization security protection. So I don't see that type of uh, side of the deal where you see a lot of devices that have been designed in a hush-push way and never really considered from the security assessment or threat assessment point of view. I I don't think that's the case. Yes, of course, you know, if you see a lot of uh, devices uh, homegrown and being created in consumer market as prototypes. Probably some of them are lacking security implementations and so forth, but you know what? There is a difference between a mass produced device and proof of concept. And what we apply as essentially a passing bar for proof of concept does not necessarily represent what we apply to a production grade type of device. So I think a lot of things that today influence our perception of what IIT devices are are consumer-grade devices that are actually not production; they're more or less PSC-type of devices.
0: Yes, but and you you, you made the point there, right? There, you know, which is a cause of concern that. When it comes to, uh, you know, large manufacturers, what you are saying is absolutely true that they would have those kind of standardization, but there is no guarantee that only those kind of manufacturers are going to develop these kind of devices, IoT devices, anyone and anybody anywhere in the world will be able to, you know, uh, create these kind of devices. And we don't have any tracking device to know that, OK, these many IoT devices are being created, and they are all you know built on a standardized platform and standardized framework. So we have those challenges because we don't have control over who will manufacture this, who will develop this.
1: But what we can do, and what we should do, and what we have been doing, as, actually, as an industry, and that's one of the big roles of IEEE, is education, right? Buyer beware. So somebody will have to actually adapt and use those devices. And there is an education process that needs to take place informing people of what best practices are, what requirements are. That's why we create standards. That Standards and best practices guide us through the deployment and guide us through the implementation of systems. And when somebody is faced with a decision what to purchase, well, maybe it's not the price that will be the driving factor, but actually fitness for the application and security, privacy, and other concerns are big 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 ticket items driving the decision
0: yes you're absolutely right and you are right about this that education and awareness is the key to you know managing a lot of these problems that uh, we anticipate and we would be facing if we don't plan you know the cybersecurity or security of the iot you know properly so now there's also another concern our leg is that global connectivity between billions of devices creates i mean this is we all expect this that it will create significant security concerns now to complicate matters the development of iot products precedes the creation of a common security risk management framework or standard we see that you know there is no cybersecurity risk management framework that is uh, commonly accepted or, you know, accepted by each and every nation or each and every NGO across nations. We have, the NIST has re- rolled out the cybersecurity risk management framework, but that has serious gaps in it too. I mean, it, it talks about, you know, cybersecurity, but it is not, it is focusing mainly on information security. And there are a lot of, you know, gaps that I see that would not make it 100% effective. And there is still need work. It is a good start, but there needs to be a lot of work done to make it more effective. So, in that scenario, how would nations address this lack of common security risk management framework? Are there any initiatives across nations to create frameworks that would integrate the IoT devices into the, you know, cybersecurity uh, risk management framework and develop a comprehensive IoT systems framework?
1: well first of all I don't want to talk about it in future tense in my opinion this is something that is happening today as an example One of the reasons IEEE has internet initiative is because we're trying to bring together policymakers and technology developers to create essentially cross-pollination of ideas and education of both camps by each other. So we can help policymakers drive policies that actually reflect actual state and future states of technology and help technology developers develop technologies that are aligned with the policies and aware of the policies. So we can close this gap that you mentioned before. And by the way, in terms of global connectivity, if you look at the initiatives like Global Connect as an example that IEEE was a big part of, we just had a great successful meeting on the subject in Washington DC a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago by now. And another event, uh, Wises Forum that took place in Geneva. We were part of it as well. That's actually the forum that was very much focused on issues of privacy and security and global connectivity. So I I think it's very fair to say that governments, industry, uh, NGOs are very much aware of the issue and really making a very, very concerted effort to come together and try to address it. So I'm, I'm very optimistic that the solution is not something that as, as a matter of the future. The solution is actually being born now. And the fact that we have activities like, as an example, development of our architectural framework for of things that considers quadruple trust as key components of it, that's just an evidence of how aware of this matter we are.
0: That is so good to know. I'm so glad that you know uh, there is a collective effort, you know, happening uh, by governments, by industries, by NGOs, and by hopefully academia to you know come together and create you know uh, response to these you know security challenges that we are facing. So thank you for sharing that information, Oleg. Now a transformation change is happening that will alter the face of the cyberspace, World Wide Web or Internet, whichever way we call it, as we know it for forever. And explosion of global connectivity under the broad description of the Internet of Things is currently rolling out across nations, as uh, you are probably the first one to you know, know that, leveraging the enormous expansion of IP addresses through the deployment of IPv6. Now, this new IP protocol moves Internet addresses from a limited and carefully managed resource to a new platform without any restriction. This is expected to bring fundamental transformation of each and every component of a nation, that means government, industries, organizations, and academia. So what are your thoughts on where we are headed?
1: Well, first of all, I think we're heading for a more efficient, more resource-conscious future. And Internet is helping us to accomplish that. And Internet of Things is even further enhances our capability to be aware and monitor our environment, to enhance our environment, make our environment more efficient. Look at what's happening today with the energy. If we look at the energy sector, we probably notice that we're migrating from the world where utility was kind of a trickle-down system. You have generations, and you have distributions, and you have uh, consumption of the energy, and it's almost... uh, It was a peak and flow, trickle-down type of approach. Well, it's changing with renewables penetrating this market with microgrids and storage becoming an important element of it, we see more and more uh, evidence of the fact that architecture of the utility network is no longer suitable for that type of new environment and electric vehicle adding additional elements, additional complexity dimension to this whole thing. So IoT is something that will help us to transform our existing assets into assets that are capable of operating into this new and different environment. So this is a great example of how we can actually avoid spending trillions of dollars on grid modernization, trying to replace hard pieces, but essentially overlaying ICT infrastructure on the top of the existing grid, we can modernize it and move it forward to the next century and provide services that actually need it. Yes. So, it's, it's, it's a simple example
0: yes you're absolutely right it's such an exciting time I mean, such a potential so much possibilities and we we will be able to fundamentally transform the way we do things you know we will work towards efficiency and you know we can probably reduce cost and uh, so so many you know negative things that are out there we will be able to get rid of it just by having more you know ability to track things to be able to see where the resources needs to be so it is a very exciting time and you're absolutely right that the society will you know fundamentally transform and uh, there is so much potential but there is one thing that concerns me and from what based on what i have read about internet of things is that it seems we, we will have hundreds of applications to interface with hundreds of devices that don't share protocols for speaking with one another communicating with one another so Do you think that uh, that is going to be a challenge and is there a solution by the industry of how to manage that effectively and how to create the global standards so we can deal with this?
1: Well, first of all, I don't think that we'll have a unified protocol that will address everything because this is not the situation when one size can effectively fit all. You know, there are different protocols. As an example, for long-range, low bitrate communications, there are protocols uh, specifically designed to support, as an example, short-range, high bitrate or low bitrate, and each one of them has its own purpose. I think what we're striving for and what we're trying to achieve is not necessarily complete uh, interoperability or at the hardware level. It's not necessary because different protocols will continue to exist to address different use cases. What we need to strive for is semantic interoperability which means that the data that we extract from a sensor, we're sending to a sensor, at some point becomes information. And that information becomes something that is understood among a variety of systems, even systems that belong to different domains. That's the true power of IoT. So it's it's really a combination of IoT plus big data plus cloud analytics that have to work together in concert to enable this environment. And as I said, semantic interoperability is a key. Yes, yes.
0: Now you have been, you know, at the forefront of this field. You know the changes and developments that are happening across nations. Based on all, your observations, what role the Internet of Things will play with each component of a nation, like government, industries, organizations, and academia, and what will be the nature of changes that will be seen across each component of a nation when they start tapping into the IoT technology?
1: Well, I think it's probably can be broadly described yeah. with one statement. It's improved efficiency and increased transparency. That's basically what IIT is poised to bring to all of us. How it will manifest itself in each specific case, that, that's a different story. and That can be talked about for many, many, many uh, years. As an example, wh- one of my favorite examples that I'd like to cite is something that I stumbled across in Dubai. You know, Dubai is very rapidly growing in terms of construction, and uh, there is a company that does uh, building materials management. So they manage a lot, which basically serves to distribute building materials to builders who need to pick it up in the morning or in the afternoon and bring it to construction site. And given the pace, it's a very challenging task because you have materials coming in, materials leaving a lot. Guess what they have done? They decided to deploy a very different approach. A startup company helps them to create the environment where they basically tag everything that comes to the lot with an RFID. They have a drone flying over the lot, scanning presence of new supplies, and maps it immediately onto their virtual map. So they no longer need to assign specific spots and places for any kind of material coming to the lot. Once it is dropped off, they know immediately where it is, and they can dispatch somebody to pick it up exactly at that location. It's a change, right? And by the way, if you think about it, there are no new technologies that have been used in that. It's just a combination of existing technologies, such as drones and imaging and RFID, that have created a different application, much more efficient, much more robust from the point of view of implementation, and actually probably a lot less expensive in the implementation.
0: That is so interesting, very interesting.
1: <laughs> and, and that's for you, what IAT's power is. IoT yes. is, as I said before, an increase in efficiency, increase in transparency.
0: Yes, absolutely. It has such a tremendous power. I look forward to seeing all those positive transformation changes that, you know, NGIO can have because of that. Now, many of the current IOT applications focus on optimizing ongoing operations. That is the I think first goal that NGIO entities across NGIO has. Rather than identifying how faster, more precise, and more reliable information might generate new possibilities for services. Now, to fully read the IoT's potential benefits, each component of a nation will need to rethink and revisualize how they can shape the digital global age that would basically require identifying new models that are fit for a digital global age and adopting the technology to form perhaps a digital nation and the corresponding organizational structures and governance structures and industry structures and frameworks to support them. Now, do you see such exercises happening, are they, you know, thinking about it?
1: Well, I would venture to say that we already have a tremendous evidence of that. Uh Look at companies like Uber and Lyft as an example. I would venture to say that this is a great example of how IT enabled this new type of thinking and created absolutely new business model. Yes, yes, you are
0: absolutely And as,
1: as, as, as we go forward, we'll see more and more of it. And I'm actually quite excited about opportunities that we have out there and what we'll start seeing as we uh, explore more and more of IT integration with our real world.
0: Yes, you are right about that. There there are, we do see that, you know, some examples like that. It is not uh, in every nation, but you are right. And in some nations, we do see those already happening. Now, nations need to start tapping into the potential of IoT technology and should begin by identifying specific pressing mission challenges and then start analyzing how more or better information and data, real-time analysis or automated actions might help them address those challenges. Now, by focusing on real problems, nations and its components individually and collectively can more effectively identify the technical, organizational management, governance and resource changes and challenges necessary to realize new benefits and at a scale that works. Now, based on your experience, what challenges most nations face that IoT can address effectively and immediately?
1: Well, I think we need to start with a challenge that is faced by IIT and so on deployment. I think education is one of the greatest challenges because, first and foremost, we need people that have the ability to understand and drive deployments of IIT, right? That that is a prerequisite in any kind of scenario. So we need people that actually have been trained and educated on how to deal with IOT being specialists. And in IOT we have to remember, it's a combination of operation technologies and information technologies. So we need a very different breed of engineers and architects and software and system developers, people who actually have the understanding of both ICT and OT. What I mean by that is operational technologies and information communication technologies. So we need to have the ability to combine that type of base of knowledge in one hand or at least in the hands of the same team. So that's that's the first and foremost important challenge, education, we need to drive education forward, we need to create this new pool of talent that is capable of deploying IIT. Now, how IIT will be deployed in different nations? I wouldn't uh, focus just on nations, how it would be deployed in different municipalities, how it would be deployed in different homes, in different buildings, in different factories. Each one of them have, will have probably common use cases, but you will have also very unique use cases. As an example, think about what IIT is poised to bring to us. It's information. Information is power, right? So as an example, I was uh, here in New Jersey when Hurricane Sandy had happened. So I am very much aware of what a natural disaster can bring to a region and in the absence of information you cannot actually deal with the problem as an example do you know that in most cases the only way for utility to know that there is an outage of power is by somebody from that locale calling utility and telling them about it yes well imagine if we can actually have sensors that not only allow us to inform service provider utility of outage. But we also have, as an example, uh, information that helps us to understand aging of a transformer or overheating of lines and information of such nature. So we can switch from disaster remediation to preventive maintenance. That's a huge, huge, huge factor. Yes, absolutely. Think about um, as the ability to monitor, as an example, air pollution. It's an important element that needs to help all of us to make our cities our countries, our regions, our nations cleaner. So this information can be very, very, very useful as well. Information related to parking. Look at the cities with congestion. Enhance more pollution. If we can actually help drivers to navigate to available parking spots and divert the traffic in a way that they actually optimizes the flow, well we can probably reduce the congestion. Subsequently we can reduce the pollution. Subsequently we can improve quality of life. And I think such examples are just li- limitless and endless, and we can go and talk about as many of them. Yes,
0: you are as well. absolutely right. I mean, such a huge potential. It is a very exciting time for each and every nation, each and every individual. I would say to be able to see. This kind of transformative change is happening across nations, across the industries, and, you know, in every everything uh, around them, the whole ecosystem. So it is a very exciting time. Technology has such a power, and, you know, to be able to use technology for the benefit of the humanity, it is a, a amazing, you know, uh, potential and, you know, opportunity for all of us to see. Now, there's another concern that I have is that, IOT will generate, the use of IOT is going to generate a lot of data. Now, since data integration is foundational to the IOT's value proposition, how should the structure and design of a nation be planned to lead this necessary change? Because I don't know if the nation's uh, current you know, frameworks or the structures are ready to handle that much data that is going to be generated. Well, I
1: don't think that we need to be talking about nations per se, because we'll have various domains, we'll have various application areas, and in each one of those application areas, data aggregation, data analytics, data analysis will happen in so on way. And if we assume the main overarching premise that we have the ability to do interoperability at essentially Semantic level, then the information will be shared among various domains. So it's not really about creating this Uber hub that will concentrate all of the information together. It is creating the environment where various domains have the ability to exchange meaningful information with each other and across each other. So I think that's that's a more appropriate structure. And how the architecture, which one of those domains will be structured? Well, it depends on domain and i can tell you i'm very much uh, comfortable to say that there are brilliant architects working on the solution today and doing the right job
0: good i'm glad to know that now we we already talked about some of the security challenges that we are facing currently and we may be facing you know in the coming years but there's also another factor that a lot of people are you know concerned about and that is privacy that there are reports that iot is poised to generate billions of dollars of value for each and every component of a nation over the next decade with the following uh, drivers that would help everyone you know benefit from that. And we have been talking about the benefits like productivity, connectivity, efficiency, cost reduction, uh, increased revenue, convenience. All those benefits are there. We all can see that. Now, alongside that potential value, the same IoT technologies will have significant impact on citizen or user or consumer security and privacy. Now, while IoT brings each NGIO a great opportunity for massive economic growth, it also changes the very definition of security and privacy. What implications do you see of vanishing security and privacy?
1: Well, I'm not sure that it's proper to call it vanishing security and privacy. Uh, In my opinion, in some cases, it's increased security. Uh, Privacy, it's a different concept, but think about trade-offs, right? Look at our kids. Our kids using Facebook and posting every step of their lives on Facebook. Why? Because it's a tool that helps them to communicate with each other and keep in touch with their friends. But one could argue that it also compromises the privacy. Not, not in their mind, no, not in their view. And I think that's very true. As we progress and evolve forward, uh, each generation will find its own comfort level with what privacy actually means to them and how the information that they generate can be used. Certainly, we need to be aware of the fact that we need to develop technologies that provide us with the ability to turn this dial, and that's very important. So if I'm not comfortable with sharing my information, I should be equipped with tools that allow me to protect my information. But if I'm willing to share my information in exchange for something else, I should be able to do so as well, and the platform should allow me to do so. What kind of meaningful tools we can Offer today, and what we're developing today, and what is being discussed in the world. Those tools are various. They start from legislative tools, from policies that are being developed, to implementations, an example where analytics and data extraction can serve essentially as a privacy wheel. So instead of exposing all of the information about yourself, you just expose um, some kind of I would say abstraction that is representative of something can provide somebody who's interested with meaningful information, but without compromising your identity. So things of that nature will continue to be developed. But as I said before, we need to find our own new comfort level based on the fact that we have to be able to turn the dial from keeping our information all to ourselves to essentially exchanging our information for something else that gives us additional value. And that's actually one of the powers of a new generation of internet and IT is the ability to trade the data, exchange information for additional value.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right that we do need to find the comfort level and I, I, I feel that you know the digital global age has brought us to a point where the very definition and nature of security and privacy are changing the security and privacy that we were used to you know before a few years before the digitalization started, that was very different and now it is very different so it is all about the comfort level like you are you know talking about now let's talk about the iot investments It seems that European Union, now I have the data of 2013 I don't have the current data of 2016, that they have poured in more than uh, 50 billion for overall science technology research, but I think 130 euros, million, uh, that is 145, uh, yeah, I think uh, 130 euro million uh, that they have uh, invested into projects, into Internet of Things, and UK has uh, invested about... uh, uh, 113 million US dollar, South Korea, it's such a high-tech country, they have uh, invested almost about uh, 50 million and China has invested or is hoping to invest, uh, planning to invest 603 billion dollars, US dollars by 2020. That's a significant investment in IoT by China. What do you see will be the global implications of this, you know, $630 billion uh, investment?
1: Well, you just cited funded programs from the governments, yes. but if government you look at, at the numbers that yes. are actually today in existence and reflect VC investment and corporate investment in IIT... Yes. This is purely,
0: purely government. I, I think yes. the numbers are private.
1: Right, exactly. So to me, this is just a drop in the bucket if you compare it with venture investment and corporate investment and IIT development. And if you look at those numbers in the U.S., I don't have them in front of me, but I was reading the report just recently and quite larger than what you just mentioned even from china so it's it's quite impressive a lot of companies a lot of uh, venture funds private equity funds are investing into iit and this investment is just getting the momentum because there are more and more applications that can actually bring value to us as we go into the future
0: yes that is very true now let's talk about what you were involved in the standards and guidelines who Uh, How many organizations across nations are working on developing IoT standards and guidelines? And do you see a need for having a collective, you know, effort to come up with the global standards and guidelines for IoT?
1: I think it is a realization of the industries that we need to come together and work together. And if you look at, as an example, how many organizations involved in IEEE, uh, corporate membership in IEEE is over 200 companies. And if you look at who those companies are, it's probably a great who's who list of the industry. A specific subject matters that I'm about was I'm chairing, as I mentioned before, IEEE P2413 Working Group, developing architectural standard for Internet of Things, architectural framework for IOT, And we have members that represent pretty much all all of the continents of the world, including companies like Huawei and Cisco. And what we realized early on, we need to collaborate with others. That's why we have established very tight liaison relationships with organizations like Industrial Internet Consortium. We have great collaboration with 1M2M. We have great uh, collaboration with OPC Foundation, and many other organizations around the world. So it's necessary. Why is it necessary? Because IoT is such a multifaceted subject that we need to bring expertise from every possible corner to create some things that actually make sense, some things that can be deployed on a wild, uh, wide, worldwide scale. So I'm very hopeful. Seeing that type of level of collaboration and that type of level of uh, industry getting together is very, very exciting.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. Now, we, we see and we have talked about the kind of changes that industries or, you know, uh, governments or uh, NGOs or academia would be seeing because of the IoT, but when we talk about a common man in each individual, what kind of changes they would see, you know, because of the IoT and how, what kind of uh, benefits they would they get, you know, if you're talking about just a common man?
1: Well, let's take a very simple example. Let's say that you live somewhere where you need either heating or air conditioning in your home, right? And you probably don't want to pay too much money for your energy. You would probably want to use it very wisely and use it uh, in a very efficient way. So let's imagine a very simple scenario that is possible today. Let's say that your HVAC system in your home is uh, in contact with your smartphone. And your smartphone, based on your location, tells HVAC system that you're about to leave the office. And based on the traffic parameters today, it's going to take you, let's say, 35 minutes to get home. And by the way, in that 35 minutes, the temperature outside will drop uh, 10 degrees from 92 to 82. That will give the system an ability to calculate what is exactly the recovery uh, time and what kind of recovery energy needs to be invested into your home to bring it to a comfortable conditions. And. Since it knows your typical daily patterns, your preferences in terms of what you normally dial your thermostat to, uh, well, it probably is true to say that maybe you can tolerate a couple of more degrees at the beginning when you just get home, but you will be a lot cooler, as an example, an hour later when the temperature outside drops, even more so when the sun sets. So combining all of this information together to control the environment which you're about to step into your home creates a much more comfortable environment in your home but at the same time, much more energy efficient. It's it's a very very simple benefit to a common user, right? Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, Oleg, you are already influencing the dialogue in this uh, sector. You are traveling all across nations uh, and getting involved in the IoT affairs. Now, if you have the power to change how we manage the security risk of IoT, what would you change? Because see, it, it, people are more afraid. There is fear and panic of IoT. It's only because of lack of education and awareness that is, you know, we see all across nations. And that's why people are afraid about the security risk more because they don't know what is coming and what, you know, they should be watching out for and what are the security challenges they would be facing. So if you have a power to change how to, how we manage the security risk of IoT, what would you change?
1: Well, I wouldn't say that I would try to change how the security risk is managed because I think a lot of organizations, a lot of companies, a lot of uh, NGOs and governments are doing the right thing actually addressing it. And it was actually quite evident when we had a gathering under the umbrella of our initiative in Washington, D.C. So that was actually a combination. It was a joint venture of IT initiative by IEEE and internet initiative by IEEE. We had a workshop on end-to-end uh, privacy and security and trust. And we had great, great, great presenters from many, many fields and actually many countries as well. And it was a one-day event in which you you, you could have got uh, only one point. Everyone is aware of what needs to be done and everyone is realizing the amount of work in front of us and is willing to collaborate to solve it. I'm not saying that everything is done and everything is solved. Not at all. We have a huge body of work ahead of us but we also have capable forces working. in it. One thing that I would love to change is the education and public perception because I think that is a big component, and sometimes those fears are not founded because it's very easy to write an article about, as an example, a vacuum cleaner going astray or a coffee maker uh, catching fire because somebody hacked into it. But let's talk about positive effects. Let's talk about what actually can be beneficial to us and benefits that IIT creates. And the things that is lacking today in publication or gets almost ignored. But I think if you'll try to really analyze that type of evidence of freaky accidents versus the benefits that IIT is bringing to us, you will immediately size that the level of benefits is orders and orders and orders of magnitude larger than that type of freaky accidents. Accidents will happen. It's just the nature of any new technology. You have to suffer through these growing pains. But at the same time, I'm very optimistic with regards to what is done by the industry and other organizations to bring us into the environment which is safe, secure, and actually gives us an adequate level of privacy protection. Great minds are working on that. And as I said, if you would have been at Global Connect in Washington, D.C., that was organized by uh, World Economic Forum and World Bank and IEEE, and if you would have been at Visas Forum, that IEEE was uh, one of the uh, co-organizers and co-sponsors, you would see that great minds are working to address this problem
0: that is so good to know i'm so glad to hear about that that's what we need a collective effort of everyone you know joining their hands to manage the complex because see this security is that we are facing now and we will be facing in the coming years are very complex and no one entity or one government or one nation can manage this on their own everyone needs to work together and that is a good you know sign from what you are telling me that i, I was not there in that initiative but i'm glad to hear about that that those kind of you know initiatives and uh, uh, enterprises are shaping up you know there are organizations and you know the global body is coming together to manage the security risk so uh it's really a good sign and like you said that you know with any new technology there are bound to be you know challenges but education and awareness is you know the key and then you know we all need to work together. To, and there is enough brain power in this world, across nations. there is enough brain power that we all can come up with sensible solutions for the you know, anticipated risks you know, that uh, we are going to face that you know and we will be able to come up with good solutions and we'll be able to manage the security risks uh, that are coming our way and we'll be able to also have the fundamental transformation that we all are looking forward to, to make our world much safer, much, you know, much more sustainable and much more secure. So Oleg, thank you so much for participating on Risk Roundup. My pleasure. Your thoughts would help shape the security of a digital global age. And our global viewers and listeners would certainly learn a lot from listening to this dialogue. So thank you.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: So the Internet of Things is a transformative development technologies that could allow literally billions of everyday objects to communicate with each other over the internet, have enormous potential to change all of our lives and fundamentally transform nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia. While the IoT is rapidly progressing and holds the potential to empower and advance nearly each and every NG IOAI, any device connecting to the internet with an operating system that is not secure is vulnerable to security risk. Risk Group, Cybersecurity Risk Research Center, and Strategic Security Risk Research Center are created for this very purpose to identify, evaluate and manage the risk-facing NGIOA in CGS, that means cyberspace, geospace, and space, and discuss, debate and define necessary framework, structure, processes, tools, and technologies to manage the security risk of not only the digital global age, but also of the coming technological superconvergence. And we, have, we will have the ability to invite uh, executives uh, who are at the forefront of, you know, managing the security risk on ris- uh, our uh, risk round of dialogue, so that we can collectively identify, evaluate and uh, manage all the security risks we can discuss and create education and awareness that is the very need of this digital global age. We at risk group believe that risk management, security and peace walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict and it's not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed to each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security, so if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security, and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the Risk roundup, to watch the Risk Roundup videos or hear the Risk Roundup podcast. please go to riskroppalacy.com, and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree Pandya, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.